One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Somebody told me 5G interferes with airplanes, and now I don't want to use my phone anywhere. Will planes drop from the sky if I make a 5G call? Or is this some engineer on paper only problem just meant to scare me? Are you confused? Don't be. Let's help you know a little more about 5G interference with airplane systems. AT&T and Verizon want to roll out 5G in the C band, that's between 3.7 and 4.2 gigahertz frequencies that the FCC defines. The IEEE actually defines it as a much wider stretch, all the way up to 8 gigahertz. But the C band we're talking about in this episode is the FCC version. And it's even a little smaller slice than that. AT&T and Verizon were approved specifically for service between the 3.7 and 3.98 gigahertz band. This will help them increase the coverage of the higher capacity, lower latency service called 5G. That's what you want, right? But some airplane equipment operates in nearby frequencies between 4.2 and 4.4 gigahertz. So there were questions of possible interference. 5G is operating in those frequencies in some countries, and the U.S. FCC inquired about safety and determined that well-designed equipment should not ordinarily receive any significant interference, let alone harmful interference. Pay attention to that well-designed part. But Federal Aviation Administration in the U.S. felt differently and felt it was necessary to limit pilots' use of some automated cockpit systems, like landing assistance for bad weather, if 5G service was activated in that region. Is there really interference? If there is, then the FCC probably shouldn't have issued the approval for 5G. But but if there isn't, why would the FAA react by shutting off some certain important systems. Maybe they're both right, in a way. Here to help us understand what's going on with all this is airline captain and computer scientist Brian Hoffman. Brian, thank you so much for being willing to help us wrap our heads around this. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me, Tom. All right. So the crux of the problem seems to be between 5G and the C-band, as the FCC defines it, and equipment like the radar altimeter or radalt as we'll call it which is one component that you use during auto landing during bad weather right can can you explain that for for non-pilots what's the worry here all right uh, the radar altimeter is used to tell me the pilot in inclement weather how far above the ground i am think of it as a radar or a, a device that is looking through a, a very large straw directly beneath the aircraft and it sees how close I am to the ground. Yeah, an important well, thing to know. Important thing to know when I can't see the ground and I want to land. Mm-hmm. As I get close to the runway, there are no obstructions. So it's really showing me just how far above the runway I am and the last, you know, 100 feet to the ground. The problem is radar altimeters is a very old system. It's a very low power system. 
And if it gets a spurious signal, it can get confused. And if that happens, I'm going to go around or do what's called a missed approach. I don't get to land because that system is that important to being able to land the aircraft. Right. So, so, so 5G strays over somehow. We'll, we'll get to that later. And it, it says, I don't know what that is. So I, I don't want to make a mistake and, and have you hit the ground too fast. Pull out. There's actually two problems. One is it thinks I'm by the ground too soon. Mm-hmm. So I start my, my landing procedure while I'm still in the air, mm-hmm. maybe let's say 50 feet. Well, that's a bad thing. So I'm going to go around from that. Or it doesn't tell me I'm getting to the ground until I've hit the ground. Mm-hmm. That's a hard landing. Right. That's also bad. Yeah, yeah. So both the problems, one is a little bit worse than the other. Now, is it that the spectrum and this dispute between the two of them, is it, is it that the spectrum doesn't interfere on paper, but maybe the radalt equipment uses a little more bandwidth than it's supposed to? The radar altimeter was assigned as frequency and no device is perfect. No antenna is perfect, no transmitter is perfect, no radio is perfect. If you remember back with the old television we had, the NTSC, it had a much broader bandwidth for getting you channel 8, 5, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Now, with ATSC, they're using a much smaller slice of that bandwidth. So now you have 8, 8 8.1, 8.2, because they're newer technologies. Red altimeters were older technologies they, they were in their space, but they were allowed certain tolerances. So if they slid a little in or a little out of that, that was accepted. That was a tolerance. And so tolerances have been tightened up, obviously, as we get right, right. further and further along. So so if anybody doesn't remember this, back in the day, if you had a TV that had an, a, a tuning fine-tuning dial on it, if you went to channel 6 – you could get the entire AM band <laughs> between channel six by just kind of tuning around. Like that's how big those TV channels are. So I, I, that kind of helps me understand this is the radouts were supposed to work on channel six, but you know, big, not that they were on channel six, but you know, like, like they, they have a, they have a big wide swath because back in the day they had lots of room. Is that right? They had a lot of room. There was nothing on either side. And remember the technology was old. There isn't a software-defined radio in the old days. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist. They were uh, either crystalled, so they have specific frequencies, or how they were – that's probably a little too far. Pull that part out. That's, we don't want to talk that deep, I don't think. <laughs> There's a crystal head out there that's very excited that you mentioned it. But, yeah, yeah, I got you. I, but the average person, the, the radar altimeter itself was designed as a hardware device. And as a hardware device – to update it, you'd have to change the hardware. There is no programming of older equipment to say, hey, tighten up, narrow up, use a different antenna. And remember, if we do any of those things, we have to get recertified for flight. And that's mm-hmm. a whole process in and amongst itself. So there's the radar altimeter itself to get cleaned up is going to take that entire process from, hey, we have a, a requirement to do something, mm-hmm. improve the radar altimeters, make them use less bandwidth, make them more reliable, um, give me a better better signaling, whatever the thing is. Well, the FAA is going to be involved. FCC is going to be involved. Industry is going to be involved that manufactures the device that are going to install it in aircraft that are going to train me how to use the device, who are going to test me on how to use it, and then the maintainers are going to have the same process. So there's a huge process in place to make a new radar altimeter or to adjust what we currently have. So that's part of the crux of if we need a solution right away, 
5G is really going to be the guys who are going to make the solution happen gotcha. right away. Gotcha. So, so it's not as easy as like, well, just, you know, get in there with a screwdriver and, and tighten up that radar so, so it doesn't bleed out uh, as much. Uh, it, it sounds like really you can't even just like wrap a filter around it like you would with your own fold lines to keep the AM radio or the FM radio from, from appearing on it. It's not even that simple. And any solution you do, whether it is adapting them or, or more likely from what you're talking about, new equipment, that requires new equipment processes, which I, I think people understand when you put new equipment in an airline, you need to make very sure it works, everyone knows how it works, and it doesn't cause any other problems, right? That's correct, sir. Yeah. Well said. All right. So then why did the FCC say this is okay? Is it simply that uh, they are looking at this and saying, well, your, your bandwidth is, is here, and in practice, the the it's like, well, sure, it's supposed to be there, but in practice, it won't always be there. And there's a disconnect between who's who's going to blink, who's going to adapt. One of the things that you got to remember is, again, nothing is perfect. So the 5G antennas, which have more power, and quite frankly, they're pointed horizontally. So my radar altimeter, while it's looking straight down, is could see a signal that's spurious that bounces mm-hmm. off something else. Sure. It just reflects now off gives, stuff. Yeah. Just reflects. And it, now I have a false signal. Mm-hmm. There is some discussion about mitigating rate altimeters with their exclusionary masks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I haven't seen how far that's going, but the, the reality is the FCC owns radio waves through space. The FAA owns things flying through the airspace. And bearing the lead here a little bit, they're finally now all working together. You have both regulators, you have manufacturers of both equipment, you have users of both equipment, all working together. And they've come up with, if you look in the links, several of those documents show you the lengths that people have gone to, to figure out what the proper mitigation is so that all of the things can work and and play together. It's going to be an interesting solution. If you look long-term, I think this is going to be one of those things that people say that was a watershed moment where industry got it. They are now just, they're working together. They're better. And that was the news we had on, on daily tech news show in November is that instead of, uh, what we've seen in other situations, right, where there was maybe some interference with GPS uh, from satellites or, or, or maybe some other interference uh, in cockpit systems from the use of phones, instead of finger pointing, Verizon and AT&T did say, you know what, hold, we, we have the right to go in December, but we'll hold off and let's figure this out. And instead of the FAA saying you need to fix this or the FCC saying you need to fix this, they are saying, well, we can do this much, and if you can do that much, then this will work? Is that is that what's actually happening? That's pretty close. I don't know that they've gotten exactly to the point of solution finding. I think they have quantified the issues, mm-hmm. which is a great first step. Once you know what the problem is, you can work towards the solution. And, and there I is something that, that the carriers could do on their end? I believe that the carriers... Uh, the Other than carriers. not operate in that spectrum, obviously, but but to still operate in the spectrum. Remember, radar altimeters is a, is a low power, yeah, basically yeah. short range device that I used in the last several miles as I'm approaching a runway. If you brought your antennas a little bit further away from the airport, now the power that you're blanketing, quote unquote, the airport with is much lower. That is going to be a mitigation strategy that will be considered. Not putting those antennas at the airport 
could be considered lowering the power, mm -hmm. angling the antenna slightly to where that they don't bounce or go do a mitigation map and see where they are bouncing and fine tune your antennas to where they're not pointing anywhere near the runway. Right. Right. And I, I see where the carriers are, are getting squirmy there because they're, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not that they need the C band to cover the airport to provide coverage. It's that, but gosh, if we can point our antennas towards the airport where a lot of people use cell phones, that certainly right. helps our capacity and our latency and the C band, unlike the millimeter wave goes through walls and that and stuff. So there is a cost element of, well, sure, they wouldn't have to use C band coverage around airports at all. That solved the problem in a heartbeat. But that would mean they would have to either install a bunch of repeaters inside the airport, which is a whole thing, you know, with with airport uh, authorities and, and all that. Uh, and and then there's just the the general cost of like, well, you can have it, but just try to angle it away from the runways and and all of that sort of thing. So it it does sound like it's simply an ex an exercise in compromise of like, well, how much are you willing to do to mitigate? Uh, the radar altimeters and how much are you willing to do to mitigate the C-band on the runway? Is, is is that a fair way of putting it? Perhaps. Again, radar altimeters are going to be much harder to mitigate mm -hmm. simply because mm -hmm. they're older technologies. Yeah. The answer main, for the FAA main, is we can't do a whole lot. Sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. one of the nice things you could do is most of the time I have good enough weather that I visually fly the airplane to the runway and land. Right. So you could be looking at the weather and say, when the weather gets to a certain level, now you power down or lower power your C-band stuff mm -hmm. around airports. Okay. But most of the time, you don't. It doesn't matter. Sure, sure. Which so was, could, I mean, that is the FAA's mitigation plan right now. Is the is the the sort of the uh, the blunt hammer version of that, which is, well, if there's C-band in that airport, then you can't use radar. Right. That that's what it was going to be until they had this delay. Uh, auto land was going to be a problem. Yeah. Yep. Radar Which is no good for you as a pilot. Well, remember, um, radar altimeter doesn't just tell tell my airplane how high it is above the ground. It starts sequences. Like mm -hmm. if you see a red light in front of you, you take your foot off the gas. But when I get to a certain altitude, I'm closing out the throttles because mm -hmm. I don't need any more energy. I'm trying to now get the airplane ready to land and stop. So things like that take a cue off the radar altimeter. Certain train avoidance takes a cue off the radar altimeter. There's a lot of things mm -hmm. out there that that get utilized, not just the Autoland systems. It's a holistic problem, but this is one specific focus of, of Autoland. It happens in other places, but this is the worst case scenario yeah. that's easily explained to, to the masses. And if they hadn't delayed it, you would have just not used it in in certain areas and what that doesn't mean you can't land planes in, in bad weather. It just means what delays circling. What does it mean? No, what it'll mean is first off, we're coming into the, the winter weather season. So here in, in North America, we, um, we're going to have some places that, you know, have coastal fogs yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. So what it'll mean is, and that's called a notice to airmen or notum. They'll say, Hey, this, you know, auto land cat three runways, cat three approaches are no longer authorized. Category three is the most helpful to land the aircraft on the runway by itself. And so category three runways and approaches would, would be non-usable. So now I have to see to land. So I might do a category one, which is the, the least amount of equipment to help mm -hmm. me get to the runway. Category two is, is obviously a little bit more than category one and category three is everything. Mm -hmm. So if I can't use the auto land function, I'm no, no longer able to use category twos and category three approaches 
the category ones, I can still, still shoot the approach. What that'll mean is if you're going into an airport that's on the coast and it's coastal fog, you may not get in that day. Mm-hmm. You may have to divert and go somewhere else. And that bothers an awful lot of passengers and all the stuff doesn't get where it's going. And systems are disrupted because the crews were in the wrong place. The airplanes in the wrong place. The passengers in the wrong place. The cargo's in the wrong place. There you have it. Yeah. And most people are not going to connect the dots. They're going to blame the airline or, or just chalk it up to the weather. They're not going to blame carriers. They're, you know, they're not going to go all the way back and find out, oh, it's because C-band operates at that, at that airport, which is why the carriers could have just said, well, okay, that, you know, it, it doesn't hurt us. Uh, but thankfully they, they have, delayed at least for what uh, a month uh, to try to work this out because if i know what's going on i would rather have a little less 5g reception in an airport because i can get wi-fi maybe or lte is good enough uh, than have my plane delayed or have a higher chance of my plane being delayed or diverted or whatever i, th- I think that's pretty close to spot on the the carriers are doing the right thing mm-hmm. which which i think is spectacular they saw that hey, this was an unintended consequence and we need to back up and make sure that we're going to mitigate this because we don't want to upset our customers and we don't want to upset the airports. We don't want to lose the capability of all the aboves. Thus, we're, we're, everyone's working together, which I think is spectacular. Yeah. Well, and and I understand why the carriers don't want to just not use C-band at all, right? They, they want to push for, if we can, we want to use it. Uh, and, and if it means like, okay, we have to do some of those mitigations you talked about, angling away, having a system to, to power down C-band and have a supplemental kick, uh, coverage, I, I imagine carriers are going to want to have consistent coverage, so they may go for some other option, but they they want to push it as far as possible, and I understand that. Uh, just just as a, as a traveler and a cell phone user, at the end of the day, uh, I want them to do it safely, first of all, of course. Uh, and I will be willing to give up a little of my cell phone coverage for you to be able to use your radalt uh, anytime you need to and, and keep us, uh, you know, uh, safely landing and, and on time as much as possible, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Brian, is there anything else uh, you can think of that, that would help us understand this? This has been incredibly helpful for me to be able to wrap my head around it. Staying at the know a little more level, I think we're there. We've, got, uh, we've talked about how hard it is to bring new systems into an aircraft, why they're useful in an auto land situation in, in bad weather, why the uh, carriers would like to be able to use the 5G. I, all of us have our 5G phones now. Uh, faster is better. More data is always better. The fact that they've come together on both sides of the aisle, excuse me, both, both governmental agencies. agencies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. It gets a little tr- tricky sometimes. Um, <laughs> they feel like whole governments sometimes, I know. They, yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to get everybody on both sides of the aisle on this one together, it's it's impressive. And I think they understand the gravity of the situation. And this isn't just a, hey, we might interfere a little bit. You know, something really bad could happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so everyone's working together to, to solve this one. And I, I think that is is outstanding. And I know several of the people at the table working on this. And uh, I would doff my chapeau to those guys because they are doing Herculean work. Fantastic. We'll, we'll thank them on our behalf 
Absolutely. yeah, that kind, that kind of cooperation should be like banner headlines on newspapers, right? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Brian, thank you so much uh, uh, for, for joining us and helping us understand this. Nor- normally, this is where people plug their things. I, I don't know if you have a thing to plug or, or, or just, you know, c- keep an eye out if you're riding planes. Maybe Brian will be flying one of them. You never know where I'll be. Um, <laughs> I will say that uh, having a window seat on the world uh, is just one of the best jobs on the planet. And flying through the pandemic, as I have, watching the before, during, and after the pandemic, it has been eye-opening to see the entire world stop. I bet. And then to see people like you continuing on, soldiering on through the pieces of the puzzle, <laughs> virtual CESs, all the other crazy things that yeah, are going yeah. on. That has been uh, just amazing to watch. And to see that, you know the entire world start to come out of this. It's refreshing because, man, we need it. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Brian, thank you, uh, thank you so much for for keeping us flying. Uh, thanking, thank you again for helping us understand this. I hope this helps everybody out there understand uh, why invisible things like radio waves can can cause a turf war in the air. Uh, in other words, I, I hope you know a little more about five G interference with airplanes. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.